Welcome to Monorail Radio Dockside Chat number 15. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are coming to you live from a rainy Disney Springs. Yes, and questionable lightning. I'm still not sure if, if we're getting hit with a storm that bad or if this is just from the fireworks. Column A, column B. But I, I live here now. <laughs> and if this is where it ends, then this is where it ends. <laughs> yeah. TBD. We're hoping to not have to stop this recording and finish it up from the car. We're going to get as far as we can. But we are sitting at a metal table. And as much as we live and die by dockside, if it is lightning that bad, I don't know that, that I'm going down with this ship. I can use the sleep. Uh, <laughs> let's, we, we have quite a lot to talk about tonight. We have a pretty packed slate, so I think we should just get to it. Yes. Are, are we trying our margaritas first? Do you want to... Why don't we give our friends a read? Let's give our friends a shout-out, then we'll try our margaritas. Okay. This episode is sponsored by Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Products include Disney and Pixar-inspired 3D straw charms, ornaments, and personalized photo nightlights. Listeners of Monoreal can get the 10% discount with the code MONOREAL10 at checkout. Visit Hidden Mickey Supply Co. on Instagram and Etsy to stay up to date on all of the new releases. Okay, so I got the Sunset Margarita. Which one did you get? The Chipotle Pineapple. The Chipotle Pineapple. So it's still the seasonal Chipotle Pineapple. Yes, but it is not nearly as messy and drippy as it was last time. All right, well, cheers. Let's Cheers. give it a slug. I love tequila. I have a big sip. <laughs> you had a very big sip. Are that you okay? It wasn't the tequila. It was like syrupy on the bottom. All right, give it another try. There we go. That's lightning. That is a thousand percent lightning. Okay. All right, let's no, do No, no, no. It's just fireworks. Okay. That's my answer. Keep let's, telling yourself that. Sure. Let's just keep going. All right. We, I mean, we do have quite a bit to talk about tonight. Considering that there was a Long Island trip home for me in the middle, I was putting together the list of things that we did, and I was pleasantly surprised by how much Disney time we still got, considering I was gone for a longer trip than I normally take. I was gone for, like, two full weekends. I left on Memorial Day... And then the following weekend, I had my friend's bridal shower, so I was gone from a Saturday to a Sunday. It was a considerable amount of time. It felt when you like think a long about, time. When you think about the amount of time that we spend in a park and the amount of time that we spend between dockside chats, right, like that's kind of a considerable amount of time. But let's, let's get into it, starting with what are we watching? Yes, despite me being away, we finally managed to start and knock out a considerable chunk of Muppets Mayhem which I cannot even accurately put into words how much I have been enjoying. I love Muppets Mayhem. Like, I finally feel like they have figured out what to do with the Muppets. I feel like we have something that is... some. I, I feel like it's tangible. It's something that can hang around for a long time, and I can't wait until Disney Plus cancels it. Oh, my gosh. Because it's just what they're going to do. No. Because, number one, money. Number two, writer's strike. Number three, they just cannot seem to figure out what to do with the Muppets. Well, I will give you that for the writer's strike. We're not completely through it. I think we I think we only have one episode left, actually. But it seems like where they're going with it, they are leaving it open for a season two. But I really hope that people are watching because... It is so wonderful. It's the perfect avenue for Dr. Chief and the Electric Mayhem. Um, the Muppety humor is on 
point. The show's the hysterical. Fourth wall breaks are the best I have ever seen. And I also love Adam F. Goldberg, who's the producer of the Goldbergs on ABC. They had a 10-year run, which is like unheard of for modern-day television. And that was a sitcom that we really enjoyed. That was lightning. You're, you're not facing it. That's okay. I promise you that was lightning. That's fine. Um, no, but we, we really enjoyed the Goldbergs, so I was so happy to see um, Adam F. Goldberg continue his relationship with Disney. Um, I, I think he just nailed the humor and some of the cameos that he's ma- managed to get. Like, I'm really surprised that Wendy McClendon Covey, I'm sorry, Wendy McClendon Covey has not had a cameo as of yet, but he did get Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith directed a few episodes of the Goldbergs, so that was a really nice crossover. Um, I, I mean, I think considering just his love for nostalgia, right, like, it's not a surprise that he would do something for Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, but his brand of humor and his love of nostalgia melded with that Muppet brand of humor. Like, it takes a certain kind of person to understand that humor. And uh, Jason Siegel understood it very well. Yes. Um, and I think Adam F. Goldberg understands it very well as well. Yeah, it's just all working. It is one of those things that fires on all cylinders. It's great. I just hope they don't cancel it. Do I think they're going to cancel it? Yep. Until such time that Disney cancels... Uh, until such time that they renew something not called High School Musical or The Mandalorian. <laughs> if you think about it, that's really all they've renewed continuously for Disney Plus. Loki. And Loki. But but Loki, even that, you know, it's been years between seasons. Right. You know, I I hope well, they keep it around. I think regardless of whether or not it, it, or I should say if they do renew it, it's still going to be years because of the fallout from the strike, which is still going on. I mean, we spent a considerable amount of time discussing the strike last week. We're not going to, you know, rehash it because not too much has changed other than that uh, the SAG union has joined in in support because the actors want to go back to work. Um, but otherwise, like, we're still at a standstill. There's unfortunately not a lot of momentum. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the things that we've been doing as Disney Park locals, Central Florida locals, starting with uh, a brunch that we have made and canceled the reservation so many times. The fact that we were able to make it and not cancel it was astonishing in and of itself. Yeah, I don't want to call this like a bucket list item, but it's just something, and for for no good reason, every time we made this reservation, it would just be for the two of us, and something would come up that day, and we either had to bust it, or we got invited somewhere, and we were like, okay, we'd rather go hang out with friends, so we would just cancel it. But this time we figured out how to beat the system, right? Is we, we purposely scheduled this brunch with friends, so we knew we were not going to cancel. Uh, so we got to go with our friends, uh, Brendan and Catherine, who you know from Detour to Neverland. They've been on the show a bunch. Uh, we last hung out with them when we saw um, Guardians of the Galaxy. We sat here and at Dockside at here. that table. This, this table, was the doom table. This was the drunk table. <laughs> All right, so we, we have to... This is our first dockside margarita of the night. My second margarita. We will get into why later. I'm not done yet. But I, I think that we just need to make sure we, we get up and we do a better exit than the gentleman that almost fell into our table. I think I we're going to be okay. But anyway, back to brunch at Trattoria Al Forno. There's no reason that we waited for so long. Um, it was 
excellent. I love the theming and the decor in the restaurant. Um, I love the tables. Even though they're tables and not booths, the chairs are so high. So I liked that it was really private no matter where you were sitting. Um, and the menu was absolutely stellar. The menu was very good. I thought the fall menu was a little bit better. Um, so we'll have to try it again. I mean, we'll try it again anyway because I thought the food was excellent. That's fireworks. That's fireworks, not thunder. Um, we, uh, yeah, it's happily. Um, that's what it is. Anyway, um, the fall menu had a lot of more like apple cinnamon a little bit more of the seasonal because mm -hmm. there was a French toast that I really wanted to try but be that as it may um, the food was unbelievable I had the steak and eggs um, which has kind of if you follow Dockside Chats at this point for the last year and a half that we've lived here that's kind of become just like my standard yeah. I've, I've had it I had it at Trattoria I had it at Boathouse I had it at um, Steakhouse 71 I had it no I didn't have it at Steakhouse 71 I don't think I had Benedict I think I had some sampler thing that had eggs Benedict. Okay. Uh, 71. Um, uh, uh, House of Blues. Yes, 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 yes. And um, of all of like, them. I was like, what are you pointing and at? And I'll be I'm pointing at House of Blues. <laughs> um, you know, of all of the. Did I have it at. Um, at. at um, not base. I want to call it baseline. City Works? No, I don't think I had it at City Works. City Works has. Like all the fun rock and roll names. I, I didn't have steak there. The point is. Yeah, I think you had something with like a kitschy name. The point is, of all of the places that I've had steak and eggs, I didn't think that the one would fall, the one at the bottom of the list would be the boathouse, but the one at the bottom of the list is the boathouse. Uh, uh, coincidentally, the most expensive of which was also the boathouse. And the one that you had to get refired was the boathouse. The boathouse. Um, the steak and eggs at Trattoria California were very, very good. Yeah. Um, I will say that I think the best steak and eggs, believe it or not, still come from House of Blues. Um, just in terms of the price and the portion size. Yeah, it's a choice versus a prime, but I mean, I... I if you make a choice cut the right way, it doesn't matter. And that was a really, really good steak. But the the steak and eggs at Trattoria Al Forno, the potatoes, mm. that I thought was much better than the boathouse. They were personally. Good. They were. Um, I had the breakfast pizza. Um, I'm not sure if the, I, I believe it's seasonal because it had like the fresh tomatoes on it. So I think this was more like a summary profile. Um, We'll definitely go again, and we'll report back, because I am curious to try the fall menu. I'm, I'm curious to try so many more things on the menu, because everything just looks so good. We all had something different. Well, I think Brendan got the steak and eggs, too. Brendan got the steak and, and eggs. Um, Catherine had, um, I forget what the name of the Eggs al forno. Oh, there you go. Eggs al forno. Um, that looked excellent. So, yeah, definitely want to go back. Definitely want to try it again. Uh, they serve um, the press pot of coffee. Um yeah, there's just so much to try. Um, and it's just a really, really cool atmosphere. I like the open kitchen in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. Totally. But the food, I thought, was just excellent. Yeah. It was a, a great service. Our today. server, she was a riot. She was hilarious. Oh, my goodness. She very much loved her job, and she was very much into her employment. Yes. She was very excited and to be working. And into the coffee. I think she drank a full pot of coffee herself before she started her shift. 
That would be why poor Brennan and Catherine had to wait for theirs. <laughs> but yeah, I, high on the list. We'll, we're going to go back. Yes, it was a good foundation um, for all the calories we burnt afterwards. Oh, um, yeah. We were not expecting this, but Brennan and Catherine uh, invited us to go play uh, mini golf on the Fantasia course, which we've wanted to do because yeah. the theming looks pretty spectacular, and we've only ever done Winter Summerland, which we absolutely love. The theming there is wonderful, too. The funny thing is we went to Fantasia Gardens, and there was a two-and-a-half-hour wait. That's how we That's ended, how up, we ended at up at Winter, Winter Summerland Summer. back in 2017. Yes. It was 2017. Yes. Um, what I did not realize is that Fantasia gardens is split up into two courses and one of it has the heavy theming where you see all of the stuff from the film like the hippos and the ostriches and the dancing brooms and all that uh, and there is another course which is the one that we did and there's no theming whatsoever I, no that's not true the, the theming is like PGA the theming is a masochist who hates <laughs> Disney who probably worked for Universal designed this course it was so hard and I've like, never played a miniature golf course like this in my life we knew it was going to be hard going in the, first of all they give you like a bird's eye view of the hole so that before you tee off you can kind of see where you have to bank the ball half of, None those, of, them, half are, of them don't yes, work all they're of wrong. them are incorrect um, they're, they're not to scale at all whatsoever and the bunkers are just all wrong. Yet that did not stop Catherine, though. Because Catherine every is time a beast. she is, every time she said this is hard, she would say it as she parred three. Or birdie. Yes. Catherine beat all of us. She did. She kicked our. I said, yeah. what day comes, if Brendan, and I, if Brendan and I ever played in a scramble, we're going to invite Catherine. She can just putt. She is such a good putter, it is ridiculous. Well, I also. We, we can't forget to mention, I'm not going to throw shade at Brendan, because he sunk a hole in one. He did have an ace. That was an incredible shot. Um, yeah, that, it, was, it was just so hard, though. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there were... I think maybe there were three holes where I wasn't in the sand. They're designed that way. Like I said, whoever designed it is a damn masochist, but... No, because honestly, usually I'm pretty good with mini golf. I'm not, I don't play the way that you do, but like, I'm not a bad golfer. This just made me feel horrible. What I was surprised about was the cost. Yes, oh it my It had gosh. been six years since we had played at Winter Summerland. Admittedly, I forgot how much it cost and had figured, well, whatever it was a few years ago, tack five or six dollars on now. To go play at Fantasia Gardens was only $14 a person, and you get a pass holder discount if you are an annual pass holder. That was shocking. I was fully anticipating AP discount off of like 30 bucks. That's what I was thinking. The whole time. Whoever it was that was in front of us had a blast. That empty champagne bottle that we found <laughs> on, like, the third hole. I, that's so on brand with something we would do. I was surprised to be the one to find the empty champagne We would have cleaned bottle. up our mess. Yeah. That's Well, the that's the difference. We would have left no trace of it. But, but. Um, super fun day. It was very, very warm. Um, but... It's definitely worth noting, you know, if you're looking for something inexpensive to do, you're probably going to wait for it a little bit, a, a little while. Um, 
We didn't wait that long. I think it was like 20 25 minutes. minutes, but I think that had to do with how brutally hot it was. If it's an average day, like if it's in the spring or if it's in the fall and it's in the 80s, you're probably looking at over an hour wait. But, you know, again, something inexpensive to do if you have a day off from the parks. And if you get there early enough, you know, the wait's going to be less if you're there first thing. Also worth noting, Fantasia Gardens shares a parking lot with the uh, Swan Reserve. You yeah. park over by the Swan Reserve. Um, they validate. They validate your parking. Um, so we ran into the hotel afterwards because um, we were going to get... I was so thirsty. We needed some water. And uh, we actually got to check out the smoothie bar that they have there, which is something that's rare on property. I don't know why they don't have more of these things. I mean, I know the Swan, it's, it's not like... Um, it's not an official Disney hotel per se, so I think that's why they offer something different there. But the smoothie bar was excellent. All I wanted was something to quench my thirst because between having sausage on my breakfast pizza and melting in the heat of the mini golf, um, I was dying. But I had um, a fruit smoothie. It was so good. Their wine selection is excellent over there. Um, Cocktails in a can. Big, yeah, pretty big beer selection. Um, and this was without even going back out. You know, we had talked on the last episode about going out to the hotel bar, uh, to the pool bar. And they do have the bar inside as well. But you can get all kinds of alcohol to go there. Yeah. Um, but that's, I've been, I've been enjoying hanging out there. It's, it's a nice little spot. Yes. Um, oh, you know what I'm, I'm realizing is not on this list. And I was only thinking about it because I was like, oh, maybe something sweet for the drive home. We didn't have on this list... And I believe it was after the last time we recorded a dockside. Yes, we you went are right. And, we went and got milkshakes from Chicken Guy. Yes, you are correct. We went to Flavor Town for the ride home. They're after called, the last and it's dockside. called Flavor Town for a week for a reason. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. Not a huge selection. I thought that there was supposed to be a very big selection of milkshakes, um, but we got we did a cookies and cream, and then we did the mint a chocolate. meat one. And I got some chicken tenders and fries for the drive back. Yeah. Um, but the milkshakes were really good. They were good, but they're better over here at Ghirardelli. Yeah. The, the milkshakes at Ghirardelli were better. And there is a slightly bigger selection at Ghirardelli. Yes. But I just wanted to put that out there because I was like, oh, a milkshake sounds good. Oh, no. And I forgot. Um, all right. Let's move on. Uh, we, on opening night, went out and saw the live action remake of Little Mermaid. Yes. And if you follow us on any of our social media, specifically on Instagram or TikTok, you would have seen Monoreal in a minute. So, if, if you've already seen it, apologies for repeating ourselves. Um, but the Little Mermaid live action reboot is by far the best live action remake that Disney has done up to this point. Hands down. We are going to get a little bit more in depth than we did in our Monorail in a Minute review. We're going to give it the full treatment eventually when it comes out to Disney Plus or whatever streamer they decide to license it to. Um, but if you haven't seen it yet, we are going to talk a little bit of spoilers now. But um, I was leaving to go back to New York that weekend, so I wanted to make sure that I saw it with you before I left. And... The first couple of shots to me, um, you know, everything, they, they open on Eric's boat, everything looked good, and then the first couple of shots under the sea, it didn't look 
much better than the trailer that we've torn apart because the CGI looked bad in the trailer. This to me looked like Windows 95. And I almost had a panic attack because I was like, how, how are we gonna get through all of these underwater scenes with it looking like this? Um, but by the time you know, you heard Alan Menken's opening score, I was, I was already in tears. Like I was right back to feeling like a three-year-old the first time that I saw this movie and I just fell in love with it all over again. Um, the cast was absolutely incredible. Every single person, especially Halle Bailey. She was just so captivating. Um, her singing voice is amazing. Um, and, and I, she just was so believable in this role. She I was just great. absolutely loved her. And Melissa McCarthy just, she blew me out of the water. Pun not intended, but we're going to go with it. Um, just phenomenal. I mean, I, w I was pretty obsessed with her costume because I love what they did with the tentacles, but her performance, my God, I was blown away. And I, I really love every single choice that they made. They addressed things, you know, I know everybody's making a big deal about the lyrics to Poor Unfortunate Soul Changing, but what a lot of people don't know is that they changed in service for the story. It's not just eliminating the line about body language. One of the biggest criticisms of the animated film is that Ariel signs her name so she knows how to write because she's writing on the contract and everybody says, why didn't she just write to Eric what was happening? Well, number one, you have no movie, but number two... Yeah, don't overthink it. Animated Eric is kind of dumb, so we wouldn't have asked, you know? So this addresses all of that and then some and it really gave their romance time to breathe apart from the pressure of a three-day deadline um the whole thing just absolutely incredible i absolutely loved it so much so that when i went home uh i was talking to my mom about it and she was like oh i you know i didn't think that she was gonna care that much but she was like i was wondering if you might want to see it because that was your first movie in theaters and she's like I figured you went with Sean but I figured since maybe you were here you might want to go and I was like I would totally go again and we ended up going as a family and my entire family loved it um and even my mom I, I was like god I must have listened to this soundtrack and, and wore this VHS out as a kid because she was she nudged me during the movie which is a big no-no if you're watching a movie with me but because I had already seen it, it was fine. Uh, she was like, did they add songs? I don't remember this. And I was like, well, I was very impressed that she recognized that. Uh, I even liked the added songs, especially Eric's. Eric's, yes. Um, I, can, I can do without Scuttlebutt. <gasps> How dare you? It's okay. I love that for Aquafina. I liked her. I liked her in the movie. Yeah, that I, was a change that worked for me, too. Yeah, it... All in all, it was their best effort. Um, with that said, don't ever do one again. Just yeah. retire now. Just go, go out, out on top. Note. Do never. Don't you ever do one again. Go out on a high note. That's my suggestion. Well, don't worry. We're gonna get the Aristocats soon enough. Uh, and then maybe Moana. Who the hell knows? Um, but, yeah, I what? mean, if you've not seen it yet, please do. It's so I good. mean, I, I was probably the most nervous about this, and I was so afraid of, uh, 
that, that I that I wasn't going to like it. Not that that would take away from my opinion or enjoyment of the animation, but um, I was really surprised to walk away just having fallen in love with it all over again. And I, more times than not, have disliked live-action remakes, and I'm the one that sits here and pounds the table and, say, and I'll say stop doing them, and I still do. But this was one that, because it was so well done, it was worth doing this. Yes, exactly. Especially because the way that they they changed it more to the Caribbean islands too and the vibe that that gave I honestly I can't wait to watch this again just for what it is like this this is going to become my new Pirates of the Caribbean when it comes to Disney Plus it's just going to go on you know even I, I hate to call it background TV because I don't want to do a disservice to the art and not watch it but like when you do just put something on just to have something on while you're doing something else like I can't wait to, to really dive in and watch this over and over and just have it on in the background. I haven't bought a movie in years, considering the fact that I used to buy a, f- a few movies a month. Um, we haven't bought a movie in years, just because of Disney+. Plus. But, uh, coincidentally, because of Disney+, Plus, uh, and knowing that physical uh, media is the way to go, I would not be surprised to see us go out and pick this one up to have. I would. Just because I would also like the behind-the-scenes content, which I hope they give to us. As Jackie said, she went home to Long Island to go visit family, and I stayed back with Walt, and he and I had a little bachelor's week and hung out. When uh, you came back... (laughs) Excuse me. I went and picked you up at the airport, and we were going to go hang out with Brennan and Catherine. We did hang out with Brennan and Catherine. We had a wonderful evening planned. After a comedy of errors, we did have a wonderful evening. We had a wonderful evening planned. I mean, this is what we usually do. When I land, I'll I'll try and time my flight so that it gets in like late afternoon, evening. That way, by the time you come and pick me up, it's not a wasted trip. We'll go. We'll grab dinner. And or if you land in the morning, I pick you up. We go to the parks. And we, yeah, exactly. Um, but in this case, I just had a craving for the Ohana nudes. I before I even left, I was like, I want the Ohana nudes, but not the Ohana prices. So we had plans to meet up with Brendan and Catherine at the Tambu Lounge, and then we were going to grab a Dole Whip and then walk out to the beach and watch Happily Ever After because we've not seen it since it's been back. Um, So my flight got in early. I flew JetBlue, which I don't normally do. I normally do Southwest, but in this case, JetBlue was cheaper, um, which is relevant to this story because I went to the new terminal at MCO, and I'm thinking, great, it's a smaller terminal, there's less baggage carousels, there's less flights. We're going to make up so much time. I'm going to grab my bag. We're going to be out of here. I waited at that carousel, I think, for 50 minutes before the bags came up. Um, yes, you did. <laughs> sorry. Yes, you did. Um, yeah, you got you got kicked out of the, um, of the waiting area like three times, and then you had to circle back and circle yes, around did. to get me. I'm sorry. I did the Terminal 3 500. <laughs> Um, Terminal C. 
Yes, Terminal C, which is worth noting, if you are picking someone up, they do not let you wait there. It feels, it feels just like JFK, honestly. Between the aesthetic of that building and the way that the uh, parking attendant, or not parking attendant, traffic attendants are, are moving you through and screaming at you and blowing whistles and being more distracting than it is just to navigate a space like that, um, it, it felt just like JFK. But after that... Um, we went over to the Poly, where you could not park unless you had a reservation, which was a surprise to us. So, But you can't make a reservation at the Tambu Lounge, mind you. Nor can you make a reservation at Trader Sam's, which was the other place we were trying to go. Right. So we had to go and park at the TTC, which the GPS was not in our favor, and... Somehow, none of the three cast members that we asked knew how to get there. We got three different directions from three different people. Brendan and Catherine not only beat us there, but thankfully they snagged us a table at Tambu Lounge. And they ate before we arrived. Uh, they deserved to. I don't mind that they ate without us. They should have. We made those poor people wait almost an hour. I know. I No, I felt terrible. Um, but yeah, don't find yourselves in that position make a reservation or if you're going to go to one of the lounges on a monorail resort wait until January <laughs> that's my advice just to park you at the TTC yeah because you can walk from the TTC to the poly that was another thing we never realized how close that was yeah. but they are one stop apart so yeah it was it was a much easier walk but we enjoyed the noodles um was happy I got my noodles. We also got pot stickers, which they give you a healthy portion of. Oh yeah, they do. Was I was so not expecting good. so there many. There was so many of them. Um, and then what else? We got we to watch we got happily. Well, we watched. We got the ribs. We got and the ribs were good. We got the ribs. We got the noodles. We got the pot stickers. We did have a couple of cocktails, and we still got to watch happily from Tambu Lounge. Well, that's it. We got to watch from our table because we didn't have enough time to eat and then get back out to the beach. But we still got to see it. The only thing worth noting is that in Ohana, they will pump the music in. In the lounge, they do not. Correct. So we didn't make it down to the beach, but we still got to see it. It was still a nice welcome back to Florida. Um, then the following weekend, which was last weekend, um, we're going to hop over to Universal for a second because we had been really wanting to do the escape room. So for those who don't know, they have two themed escape rooms over at Universal. They have one themed to Back to the Future and they have another one themed to Jurassic World. Yes. And... This had been on our to-do list for quite a while. We've never done an escape room in any capacity, but we figured what better way to go have this experience because if it's anything, you know, Universal is known with Halloween Horror Nights for their sets, right? That's the big draw. Right. So we figured this is going to be top tier as far as the production and the set design. Um, so we went, uh, you need a minimum of six people if you want to have, and they can't guarantee this, they can't guarantee a private experience, but if you go with six people, you're more than likely going to go in through yourselves. And we didn't even have to buy advanced tickets. Um, so we went with Joe and Tyler, who we've mentioned many a time on this podcast, and Kelly and Pat, who you know from our Love and Thunder review, our Rogue One review, Kelly of Karma and Kismet that bunch um 
And we, oh, sorry, Kel, I'm going to throw you right under the bus. Uh, <laughs> we found out that Kelly had only recently seen Jurassic Park for the first time. Um, we also found out that Tyler is a huge Jurassic Park stan. It's his favorite movie. It is his favorite movie of all time. And, I mean, if you have listened to one episode of this podcast... You know about Sean's Back to the Future obsession. It's Ghostbusters, Batman, and Back to the Future. Back to the Future. So, we figured that we were going to have to have a lot of movie knowledge to get through these rooms, which would have put Kelly at a disadvantage for the Jurassic World room. But on the other hand, we didn't want to be unfair to Tyler, so we were fully We were going to throw it to him. To, well, yeah, we were going to throw it to him, or we were going to flip a coin and, and make it fair. But the way that everything timed out, because we didn't buy our tickets in advance, um, we actually, our air conditioner shut off before we left the house. The whole unit just shuts down and the thermostat goes off, so we were not about to leave our dog like that. Uh, So it it just kind of lined up that by the time we got there, the next opening was in the Back to the Future room, and that's what we went with. And in a way, I'm glad, because now having been through it, I would not have wanted Jurassic Park sullied for Tyler in the way that Back to the Future got sullied for you. Oh, I wouldn't say it was sullied for me because I don't care that much about escape rooms. Right. I wanted to experience the theme. But for people like Joe and Tyler and Kelly and Pat that had done escape rooms before, let's just say they didn't rank this very high. And this is a reason why... It's almost $60 a person with an AP discount at Universal. And um, you don't need advanced reservations. And they're not doing well. Well, yeah, that's why we were able to just walk in. Um, I mean, I thought the theming, for the most part, was spot on. Oh, the theming was incredible. Um, I just the don't... sets were really, really great, but I think that that's what you have to look at this as. If you are a fan of escape rooms, you have to look at this as a walkthrough attraction. Because they do have puzzles, and you are timed, but it's not like an escape room in the sense of you have to escape the room to move on to the next thing. They will move you on whether you're done or not, so it's a matter of how many puzzles you can complete per room but they're going to move you on regardless. So we didn't realize that, and we timed out of our second room, and the six of us were all pretty shocked because we thought that collectively, knowing where everybody's strengths are, we were like, we got this. We were a well-oiled machine. We really were, but certain things were confused. And the other thing that I don't think is typical of escape rooms is that there's a lot of audio clues. You're not looking for as many visuals. So I think we... We got in the rooms, and like, thank goodness, half of us were listening because the other half were looking. But the audio was very jarring and distracting when you're trying to figure out these puzzles. It yes, the, the clues that they were giving was more of a distraction than the actual clues that they were giving because you had maybe 30 seconds to start figuring things out, and then they would just start throwing clues at you. Yeah, it was, you know, um, my my thing with it was that. When I went into these, when I went into this, having seen, having grown up on both franchises, and being more comfortable, admittedly, with Back to the Future than Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World in this case, I thought that you would have to have seen the movie 
Right. No. <laughs> you you don't have to have seen the movie. You don't have to know a thing about the movie. Kelly would have done just fine in the Jurassic World room. If she had never seen Jurassic yeah, World. Yeah, she would have been fine. I mean, to my astonishment, we scored 12 out of 15 points, so apparently we did quite well. And that was with getting moved on from two rooms before we had finished. But that's what we didn't that realize is that good, you are completing as many puzzles as you can before before they move you. It's not a means of unlocking anything. The last room, once Joe and I got into the last room, we were like, the cable, dock! And we just started putting yeah. all that together. Like, that was the most fun I had in the whole thing. Yeah, that like, was fun. If you're a fan of the franchises, just to experience the setting, it's worth it. If you are a fan of traditional escape rooms, this probably is not for you. You will probably find it very overpriced. What we also didn't realize was that we happened to be at Universal on... We knew the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park was coming up. We didn't realize we hit it on the day. Yeah. So, of course, we were going to take advantage of it, and we went to the Tribute Store, which is the best tribute store that Universal has ever done. Not even close. It's not the even close. The holiday one was on point, but if you are a fan of Jurassic Park, do not miss this. It's incredible. They give you two scenes. I don't want to spoil it because it was spoiled for me on social media. I had seen so many pictures. I was a little desensitized by the time we got in. But you get to be a part of two iconic scenes. The photo ops are incredible. The merch is amazing. Um, they pulled all of the merchandise like out of the vault so that you could see what, you know, like the thermoses from the 90s. Yeah. Um, it just spectacular what I bought a shirt it. while I was there. You sure did. Um, with the logo that said June 11th, 1993. Yeah. I remember being a kid and it was the day that I, um, it was my, it was my moving up from kindergarten. Uh, I got a, we went to this kid Jonathan's house. He had a party in his backyard and I got a good report card and my reward for having, and, and this guy, I should say this kid Jonathan, was one of my best friends in elementary school. Um, we went to his house, the whole class, there's like 30 of us, and because I got a good report card, my dad, the treat was that he took me to see Jurassic Park. I remember he ran a red light to get there, and I remember <laughs> it being so loud, and, and for the first time, like actually being scared in a movie, but intrigued at the same time. Um, I Do I put Jurassic... I don't talk about Jurassic Park as much as I do the three aforementioned films that we've mentioned, but it is on my list of some of... one of my favorite films of all time. But it was, I, it was one of the first times I'd gone to a movie theater and felt something. So when I saw that they had the shirt that said June 11th, 1993, and, and having that memory of my father taking me to see that movie. It's like a core memory for you. Uh, oh, it unlocked a total core memory. Um, I mean, I just ran you through my entire day 30 years ago. Yeah. How crazy, right? Um, yeah, and, and I, I had to buy it. I had to buy that shirt. Oh, it's a classic, no doubt. I don't think that we saw it in theaters because um, I think it would have been a little bit too much for my brother. I think it was a little too much for me, to be honest, at that age. Um, but it's a perfect film. It is a seamless blend of horror and family entertainment, um, and it's just, oh, it's perfect. We, we got home late that night. We got home, I think, at 11.30. We were like, no, nah, we're putting it on. 
and uh, yeah. we were up until like two o'clock in the morning. But um, we we got out our DVD copy, put it in our DVD player. Yep. Because we were not about to spend you know ten dollars on it or whatever it was through Prime. Not when it's on the closet. No. Nope. That I put all those shelves up so that we could have a nice display for our DVDs. No, sir. Um, but the escape room. The tribute store. It was a great day. We went and had dinner at Finnegan's. Finnegan's is always a great yes. time yeah. uh, at Universal. Uh, big fans, for sure. And then um, tonight, before we came here to Dockside, we went over to Frontera Cocina. And we haven't been to Frontera since 2017, I don't think. The last time that we ate there, it was a vacation meal, for sure. Yeah. Um... But I had been thinking about it, and as soon as I said it to you, it, it was like it, the light bulb kind of went on at the same time, and we were both like, oh, yeah, let's do that. We haven't been there in a while, and there, there's no reason not to go because it's fantastic. Food was fantastic. We've just been doing other things, but yeah. um, uh, just so good. Uh, we got the... Um, the queso bandito. Thank you. Oh, my God. Totally blanking on the name. Queso bandito appetizer. You, you, you could get... They could... They could stand to give you two more little tortilla wraps with it, but yeah, or I mean, tortillas and chips maybe. But um, that didn't take away from how amazing it was. Um, I got the carnitas tacos, which were absolutely incredible, and you got the chicken enchiladas, the creamy chicken awesome. enchiladas. Oh my god, it was a lot of food. I mean, we we ended up with a to-go bag, which we don't often do, um, but it was more than enough food, and they do take the AP discount there. That was a surprise. That was a pleasant surprise. And we were able to get a spot at the bar. That's where we ate. Drinks were good. Staff was good. Yes, um, I had that. That is where the aforementioned first margarita of the night came into play. Yes. Um, and then uh, prior to that, I, sh- I, I should interrupt that uh, because we, we did that and then we perused through the marketplace co-op and wad and then you know world of disney and then we came here but we were hoping the rain would pass while we were inside that was silly oh well um and it's not sweltering hot and it's not super humid so no and we actually got to start earlier than we normally would have because we didn't have to wait there was no music tonight that's why you don't hear the the um the amphitheater in the background i mean frankly we're we're almost done with this episode, and we're only about 15 minutes into where we thought we would be recording this episode. Yeah. Um, no, it sucks for the performers and for the people that are here on vacation that we're looking to have a nice night at Disney Springs, but, um, yeah, I mean, everything's wrapping up kind of early, but first thing that we did when we got here, you went to Sephora, you had to pick a few things up. I have to stop doing this. I have to just go to the Sephora at Kohl's and, and stop, <laughs> stop coming here when it's busy. You were there for quite some time. Yeah. You you had a beer. I did. It was lovely from the cart outside of Raglan. But before that, I had to go to the ticket center because, uh, unfortunately, I lost my wallet. I've only ever lost my wallet twice in my life. Uh, and, and, and the second time was uh, about a week and a half ago. And I had to go get another annual pass. However... It turns out that that's a blessing in disguise because we would have had to go get that annual pass anyway. And we would have been in for a rude awakening when we went to Magic Kingdom next week to go and finally use 
it's like a victory to finally use our updated, upgraded annual passes. Yes, we just today upgraded to the Pirate Pass. And as Sean said to me earlier, it is so nice seeing so few blackout days. Yeah, versus where we were before. But what I didn't realize... Now, I think if you're if you're just going to um, attach your passes to your My Disney experience, which most people do, um, and if you're going to wear a magic band, which most people do, I don't think it makes a difference. However, if you plan on using the physical card, you have to change the card out if you upgrade the pass. So we have our annual passes from this past year because we were Pixie Dust Pass. Right. And we bumped up to Pirate Pass. Right. Because at the time, all that they were selling when we moved here was Pixie Dust. Correct. So we bumped up to Pirate, but the cards don't transfer. Which is fine because the first cards we got were... I, I don't want to say commemorative, but they are the 50th anniversary, so I don't want anything to happen to that. I don't want the wear and tear of it coming out in and out of my wallet, the one that I didn't lose, just saying. So um, I don't mind retiring those and having them as a souvenir and and having a new pass to work with. But that is a worthwhile tidbit for those who upgrade their passes because if you don't know any better, we would have been in for a rude awakening because we would have gone to Magic Kingdom next week with, because you don't always wear your Magic Band. You do carry the, you do carry the physical card more times than not to scan in. Well, I'm not on vacation. I don't want a tan line. Nice on you. I want, (laughs) I, I want convenience. But if you went to go scan in with your annual pass, the My Disney Experience app is good in certain instances, and it's antiquated in others. Like, it works in regards to you can have one magic band with multiple tickets on it and scan in and be fine. But your pass holder card, it doesn't connect to any other you know what I'm saying? Like, if you upgrade right, it, it doesn't... Right. You need to have two separate cards. The point being, I would have scanned in with my Magic Band, and I would have been fine. Because my Magic Band is linked to my My Disney Experience account with an active pass. Had you taken your annual pass holder card and tried to scan in... watching Happily Ever After from the Poly. You would have ended up having to go to guest services. And here's the thing that they don't tell you about that. We did not just go independently and make a separate purchase. We got the email telling us it was time to renew. You click the link in the email. Right. You click renew, and then you are given the option as to what level of annual pass you want. They start you with Incredit yeah, Pass. default you to the... Pretty funny. Funny, you couldn't sell that to us for an entire year, but uh, now you default to it. Great. But they... they there's a drag-down menu, and... The average person would think that all I'm doing is changing my price point, therefore I can use the same card. If you change your price point, if you change your membership, you, are you have to get a new card. And they were very good at the ticket center because you were at Sephora. I had waited on the line because you and I are linked on 
my my Disney Experience app. Yeah, you were able to get my card without me being present. Correct. I just had to show my ID. Yeah, that that was a surprise because I thought I was going to get a text saying, "No, come down here and, and get your card." It was a big time. I was sale. not about to be doing it uh, when we're in the Magic Kingdom next week. No, it was a big time time saver. Um, so not too much news this week, which is good because this lightning is getting closer. And again, we're at a metal table, so we're, we're going to keep this short. Um, the big news that dropped, um, that we haven't really discussed on the podcast yet. Um, you know, there's, there's been the trailer for Ilio. We discussed that. Um, there's been all of the halfway to the holidays announcements, which we talked about on our last episode. Very exciting. Uh, but what we've not yet hit on is Disney partnering with Apple for this VR uh, experience. I don't even know what you would would call it. Um, it looks pretty incredible. I think it is worth noting that you do need to have a headset to see all of the things that they are making happen in this commercial because the commercial makes it look like you're going to have the ability to be Tony Stark where there's going to be projections shooting out of tables and on the wall and in front of you, you need to have a VR headset. Like, this is Ready Player One levels of, of VR. Um, it's very cool what they're doing. Um, not for the price point necessarily. A headset goes for $3,500. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to get just one because uh, unless you're going in by yourself, if, the, if there's gaming or if you're watching a movie, like you're going to want to do this with someone. So, you know, that that's a big price point. And I think I would be more excited about it if they weren't pulling titles off of Disney+. Plus. Because I can't see spending that much money. And then if you're going to have all these immersive films come out where, like, you can go into the movie, I how how realistic is it that we're going to be able to choose any, any movie that we want? Well, that's the thing, right? It's like they have... So, it's, it's incredible. The technology's incredible. Yes, no doubt. But, you're right. You... To, to experience these films on Disney Plus, and like they show The Mandalorian, right? So they're showing some Disney Plus originals, and I would be inclined to say, well, they're Disney Plus originals. They're not going anywhere, except uh, they oh, are. They um, you know, the thing they promised they would never do. So, yes, I'm not so inclined. I don't like to spend $3,500 on anything. Right. Like, I don't put that much down on my car when I buy a new car. I think I'm usually like, GFY, here's two grand and I'll finance. That's just how I am. I need that money for something else. I'm certainly not going to spend seven grand between the two of us on two headsets on the off chance that I can go and relive this immersive experience if there's a chance that they're going to yank something off of Disney Plus. Now, this is not Disney, this is not Disney specific technology. Every company, every studio is going to get involved in this, but they are licensing to Apple. Yes. But if you are a Disney fan and your thing is I want to experience Little Mermaid, let's go to Little Mermaid, yeah. for example. That comes to Disney Plus eventually. 
Uh, probably not right away because Disney's going to license it to Netflix or Max or whoever because they're going to license it to whoever pays for it. And then it, now it comes to Disney+. Plus, and you have this fully immersive experience where you can put your headset on. You don't know how long you've got that experience for. I would be furious if I spent money to have these immersive experiences to find out that you only have them for 12 weeks. Well, the other thing is, if I'm going to drop that much money to have an immersive experience, I'm going to go to the freaking parks. I could plan a whole vacation for 3500 bucks and get you four days in the parks well, at was, a nice hotel. This is my other thing, right? I mean, you and I combined on our annual passes this year for $3,500. That's three years worth of annual passes for you and I combined. Right. right. Yeah, this is where you... The, the tech is awesome. Yeah. But I do believe that there is a very limited, very niche market for this kind of technology. But, you know, they, they at times they showed, like, NBA games and these real-time stats and replays. The and players are running around you. First off, it's too much. too much. It, I think yeah. it's too distracting. Yeah. Um, secondly, for $3,500, so for one headset, I could get us a 10-game package to the Orlando Magic, get two tickets, and be set for four years. So we could have a decade's worth of Orlando Magic 10-game packages and go see a real game right? for what it would cost for us to buy these two headsets. So I I do think the market is niche. I think the technology is incredible. Um, but I don't think the price point is at all approachable. I agree. And I think that they realize that because then they try to sucker punch you right in the feels and show you things like watching the Main Street Electrical Parade from the comfort of your living room. But at the same time, that's where this is lost on me. I'd rather go experience it in person. And I mean, maybe that's not fair of me to say now because we do live at arm's length. But even when we were in New York, I don't think I would have wanted that. I would have said, I want to go. This is not the same. This is not, you know, putting a temporary Band-Aid to experience it when it's not really in front of me. It's, it's just not my cup of tea. The only thing that I will say that did slightly pique my interest, and I was like, mm, $3,500 is so bad. I saw a TikTok of somebody, you know, showing what they would do with this technology. They put themselves in a Powerline concert, and I went, well, there is money well spent. I'm not spending $3,500. <laughs> that you can go to a Tevin Campbell concert. I'm not saying that we should. I'm just saying, like, okay, I kind of see the draw now. But uh, that was a... Uh, that was a bit of news that came out the other day that kind of had everybody talking. It had everybody excited. And, um, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. I, I think that... Like most other things, I think that when something is revolutionary, it comes out, it's obviously got a price point. It's very high. It's also very glitchy. So, um, Well, remember when 3D TVs yeah. were the thing? Yeah. Work out all the bugs. And they stopped making those after like a year. Deal with all the customer service complaints, then re-release it and address everything, and then maybe... I mean, realistically, we're not going to buy it. No. But. I'll go watch the Main Street Electrical Parade for free on YouTube whenever in the hell I want. Or, I will go watch my home videos 
that I shot for all of those years that you couldn't understand why I wouldn't put the camera away. I have the physical media. Or we'll go to the parks because now we can go on weekends. I'm so happy. So you can expect to hear a lot more parks-related content coming up because yes. now we will be able to spend a little bit more time there. I'm so happy. Your next Dockside Chat is going to have so much more parks content. Yes. I'm very excited. Thank you all so much for joining us uh, on this Dockside Chat. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Also, uh, thanks to our friends at the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. We have a straw charm to give away to the first person that send us a DM or an email using the word... Lightning. Lightning. Sure, because, well, we're amongst it right now. <laughs> because we put our lives at risk to get this episode out, so just, just DM the word like Just lady. remember what you paid for and for what we were willing to sacrifice. I could still use the sleep. First person that sends us the word lightning is going to get a straw charm from the Hidden Mickey Supply, uh, supply Co. So thank you to them. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Monorail Radio. We are on TikTok as well. Oh, I already said it. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, Monorail Radio. Uh, you can email us, monorailradio at gmail.com, for links to everything related to the show. It is online at monorailradio.com. Uh, we have to get back to the car. Oh, it just kind of... I think it's not. Well, unless maybe this is the break. Let's let's go. For let's Jackie, get while we're getting good. For Jackie, I'm Sean. We're going to stay dry. Have a magical week, everyone. The ring's done.